talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Artist Interview, where I, Gordon T, get to speak to people from the world of contemporary Christian music and sometimes broader music as well. Uh, and this week, we're not going to be in Nashville for a change. We're going to be in Cornwall. Uh, these guys are, are actually... I've got to say, fairly new to me. I haven't listened to them uh, for a long time, but I've enjoyed everything that I've listened to from them. So before we meet our Atlantic roots, that's Laura and Mac, let's hear this first track. The track is their brand new single, Golden Hour. That was Golden Hour by Our Atlantic Roots. Hey, Laura. Hey, Mac. How you doing? Hey, we're doing good. Great to have you with us. So, um, I guess it would be helpful for for listeners to know a little bit about the background to the band, who you are, why you're a band, where you've come from, where faith fits into it all, because your music, I guess, can be listened by absolutely anybody. And I'm going to say it's beautiful as well. Maybe before you tell us all about yourselves, maybe just quickly just tell us a little bit about the track we just heard, Golden Hour. Yeah, so um, Golden Hour, we actually started writing during the first lockdown in 2020. And we were just inspired on our daily walks as we would see um, the birds just chirping away, well, hear them chirping away and just how they were blissfully unaware of the chaos in the world. And we noticed the tide going out and coming back in. And there were just these constants that brought a sense of comfort in the in the middle of the chaos and kind of turned our attention back to the beautiful simple things in life that um that can bring joy and um whenever we go out for daily walks we are always just in awe of the the beauty that we see around us and it definitely does lead us back to give thanks to the creator of of those beautiful scenes that we're seeing um and that season during the the lockdown was dominated for us by gratitude every day that we woke up that we were well and um our families and friends were well and we were able to get outside um, we were just really really thankful um, knowing that that wasn't the case for everybody and uh, yeah so Golden Hour was born out of that kind of initial thought of just being present and mindful in the moment um, for us just being really thankful to to God for those constants um, during what was a particularly crazy time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. In fact, for our worldwide audience who, who aren't in the UK or aren't quite sure, what, what is this place called Cornwall? Uh, what, does, what does Cornwall look like? Maybe Matt can tell us. Well, if you imagine the Caribbean, but with a few less trees, um, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. This amazing crystal clear ocean, blue, blue skies. And big cliffs. All the time. It's, it's never rainy in Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> the only part of the UK with no rain in that case. Course, yeah, Actually, <laughs> the, the honest truth is uh, we get absolutely battered by wind and rain it's in awful. the winter. Um, but but it's pretty amazing. It's really, I, I don't know if anybody listening maybe has watched Poldark um, on the BBC. You, that The kind of um, the scenery that you see there, it's all shot in Cornwall. So big high cliffs and um, very imposing views. Really beautiful. Yeah, I've got to say, I love it. I, Cornwall is definitely a holiday destination for me. So, and also one of those places where uh, you can sometimes see dolphin and do you get do you get whales off the coast of of Cornwall? I don't. Yeah, yeah I think we do. We do. It's um, basking sharks. Yeah, and stuff. you have to go quite far out on a specific um, tour to see them. We've never seen them. We see seals more than anything else, and mm -hmm. a lot of seagulls. Yeah, a lot of seagulls. Yeah, yeah. Okay, They're perhaps not my favourite thing necessarily to see, but 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 the seals is cool. Okay, so so during the lockdown, you were able to get out and enjoy beautiful countryside cliffs and lovely lovely sea which sounds like a beautiful and inspiring uh, place to be so i can understand uh, where that song 
came from and it's a really beautiful piece so and that's just been released so we're recording this in july 2022 and that track just came out so if people are looking for it it is now on all streaming platforms golden hour by our atlantic roots um so maybe tell us a little bit about the two of you though because you don't sound like you're both from cornwall no where are you from mac <laughs> uh, originally i'm from north carolina in the u.s um, I moved over to the UK about eight years ago. Yeah, and, and uh, um, I'm from uh, Yorkshire, so I'm from Rotherham, near Sheffield. And uh, we met back in 2012, actually, so 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, and we met out in ministry school. So I uh, I was out th- there doing a gap year from being 18. It actually turned into five years. Um, I loved it so much and got really rooted in the community that I was in in North Carolina. Um, and I worked at the church that we met at, actually. I was the worship pastor there. And as soon as we met, we kind of we discovered each other's love of music and songwriting and our friendship developed over songwriting and then that friendship developed into love and we uh we got married a year and a half after meeting and yeah so music's really been at the center of our relationship from the very start which is actually really lovely and after we got married we moved to the UK to Yorkshire for four years and then down to Cornwall and yeah so we've been doing this our Atlantic Roots since 2017 and writing that was when we released our first ep mm-hmm. and we've released another one since then little bird in 2019 and yeah i guess our relationship well our songwriting and music started with leading worship at church as you can imagine <laughs> yeah. um, and then writing songs in our spare time which kind of flourished into our first ep first light so you were you were there so 12 years ago you went out from yorkshire so how old were you at that point Sorry, yes, yeah, so it's uh, sorry, 2008 that I went out um, as an 18-year-old to do ministry school. Um, so, yeah, that was going to be a gap year. And then um, a, my parents were thinking I was going to come home and go to university. Underneath it all, I was thinking, actually, you know, after this year, I can just imagine God's probably going to do some things in my life. And I can imagine that I'll probably go on this wild journey and potentially even stay out there and I did I completed ministry school um and became a licensed minister with the assemblies of God out there and then was hired as the worship pastor at the church that I was at and was actually teaching some of the ministry school classes and then Mac came to the ministry school so it's actually kind of funny because when we met I was actually technically his teacher (laughs) (laughs) so a bit a bit like in Top Gun scenario exactly <laughs> okay so so uh, that's interesting so ministry school you're actually training to be a minister within the aog church movement yeah and i actually never went out there um be, like to achieve that um it was almost it was just a byproduct really of of um being out there at ministry school it was it was um a time that was all about giving ourselves fully to God um, without the kind of distractions of um, the first year, without the distractions of relationships and without, you know, doing any other work or anything. And it was just about giving yourself completely to God. We had a lot of academic time studying the word, a lot of time in prayer, a lot of time going out and ministering to people in all different situations. So we went into prisons. We did, um, yeah, prison ministry, working with a chaplain. We'd go into the streets in Detroit and New York, work with homeless people there and go and lead youth conventions and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, and after after three years, I'd completed all of the studying to become a minister. And uh, so I, just, I decided, well, I may as well do the interview and make it official. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah. so does that mean you can marry people? I, yeah, well, when I was living in America, um, because it was the US Assemblies of God, um, but yeah, I was actually, I was able to marry people. I was technically Rev Laura, which was very interesting <laughs> and fun. Wow. <laughs> That, that is very cool. Okay. Um, so, um, Mac, what about you? You went on this for just a gap year? Yeah, I just kind of, um, funny story, actually. I uh, I've kind of officially gave my life to, to the Lord on the way to, to this ministry school. Wow. <laughs> that is bizarre. God, t- you should tell us about that because, you know, I want to know about what, what was your walk with Jesus? How did it all come about? So that sounds fascinating. Yeah, so I'm, I kind of grew up um, from being about 11 or 12 going to youth group um, because uh, I, I just went to go kind of hang out with my friends, really. That's where everyone 
it's where everyone hung out where I'm from. Small town. There isn't really anything to do. The The place to hang out was the local youth group at church. Um, so I kind of went for that reason. And then I kind of invited my brother, my older brother, because some of his friends were there. And, and then he ended up getting baptized. And then my whole family came to see him get baptized. And then they all became Christians. Uh, wow. Pretty amazing, and they all had. They were all on some kind of journey before with God, but it wasn't until then that they actually really, uh, you know, gave their life to the Lord. And and I so I grew up kind of in church from that point, and I loved the people. Uh, but it was, and I had a few kind of ups and downs, um, like trying to, you know, see what it was all about and trying to pay more attention in church and stuff. But I never really gave my life to the Lord, and then. Uh, I kind of went off the path quite a bit uh, and got in with a pretty rough crowd actually throughout high school. Um, and then when I was 18, I was skateboarding and I very stupidly grabbed onto the back of my friend's car and was flying down the road in shorts and t-shirts as you do. You can imagine that it didn't end well. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like a Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, but but without a good ending. It, yeah, yeah. It, well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. In some ways, uh, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. You fell off, didn't <laughs> but you? I fell off and ended up in the hospital. And I was okay, actually, thankfully. But um, it was not. It wasn't nice. It was it was pretty rough. Um, but I just remember on the way to the hospital, like in pretty bad shape, thinking, "All right, God, if." If you're real, then I need your help right now, um, and I promise I'll I'll actually look into it more, and and I'll actually give you everything if you just if you just help me through this because I was in bad shape, and sure enough, uh, I was okay, and I ended up being okay, and it was a bit of a recovery road for uh, quite a few weeks, but I was okay in the end, and then I started having panic attacks. Um, because I had this kind of like near-death experience, I guess, and realized how fragile life was. And um, and so I started pondering about life and death and God, and I'd grown up hearing all of this in church, but I'd never given my life to God, and I'd always kind of rejected him in some ways in my own personal life. So uh, after I started having these panic attacks, I finally went to the pastor of the church I grew up in, and I said, you know, can you just like pray for me and make this all go away, please? And he was like, well, it, you know, it doesn't always work quite like that, but yes, we'll definitely pray for you. And he's like, you know, I've known you, I've seen you on this journey. And he's like, I really feel like God's just saying you need to just give him everything. And I was like, okay, well, like, how do you suppose I do that? And he was like, well, I think you need to go to like a ministry school. I think you need to go to Bible college. And I was like, uh, I was like, I think you're a bit crazy, man. I don't even, like, I'm still wondering if, like, trying to figure out if I believe in God, really. And and you're telling me I need to go to Bible college. And he was like, well, how desperate are you to actually find out? And I was like, fair enough. So I told him to, uh, to help me uh, get in touch with the school and... I did, and I actually, interestingly, <laughs> gave him his interview to come to ministry school, which we didn't actually work out until after we were married, and we were chatting about, uh, like, reminiscing on the good old days. <laughs> wow, oh, that's that's very sweet. I like that. So, good job that you accepted him, really, isn't it? Because otherwise, very good job. Yeah, it's a good job. He was very polite on the phone, and I, I <laughs> went and told the director of the course, this guy, we should definitely have him come along. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, that's cool. So, so. I've got to say, that is a very unusual situation, though, to be going to ministry school uh, to, to basically check it out by the sounds of things. Yeah. So, but, but, but it sounds like that went well and it came back going, God is there, affirmative, and he loves me. Definitely. And I remember like on the way to Bible college, because I'd had this chat and, and I didn't say anything to them at the time before I went. And I was like, yeah, I've grown up in youth group and stuff like that. And um, didn't allude too much that I hadn't really given in my life. But I remember on the way after I was accepted and everything like that. And because I was very, I was dedicated to this decision of just going and just giving him everything. And I remember saying, God, if, if you can do something with my life in, in this first year, of ministry school, then I'll I'll serve you for the rest of my life. I just need to know that you're there. I need to know you're real. Um, just really make yourself known to me, and I'll give you everything. And 
sure enough, yeah, he did. So. He really did. Because I, I remember when Mac first came to the ministry school and seeing the change in that nine months after just spending so much time in this beautiful community that were all from different places, in different places on their journey. Um, and we could all mm. bring something to the table to help sharpen each other. And it was just such a beautiful family that we were part of there. There was about 24, 25 of us, um, 18 to 25 year olds and um yeah and the community just is lovely and mm. mac was a completely different person um by the end of the nine months uh, obviously still like <laughs> as you know as christians we're forever on a journey aren't we of like discovering more about god and ourselves and um going through ups and downs but um yeah it, was it wasn't just... an, it wasn't an easy nine months by yeah. any means it was a massive learning curve for me in so many ways and I had quite a, a few real challenges while I was there. Yeah, you lost your but grandma when we were there. And I was teaching, one of the classes was healing and the life of Christ. And um, I was teaching this class on healing, um, talking about Jesus's ministry and healing ministry. And um, Mac was there and he just lost his grandma to cancer. So there was those kinds of dips in that nine months and those really challenging things. But I think that often it's actually through going through those most gritty of times. Um, I mean, it was amazing to have that that community around you then, mm. um, but it's going through those times that and coming out of the other end and holding fast to your faith, yeah. that is really the biggest testimony and one of those amazing growth moments, I think, in our walk with God. And naturally through that time, I wanted to get, there was a part of me that was angry at God, obviously, because in that moment of not understanding really what was going on, all I knew is that, you know, the Bible says pray for people and they get healed. And then all of a sudden I'm praying for my grandma and, and she passes away and I was very close to my grandma. And so I, I, it was a really difficult kind of thing for me to, to come to terms with. But then I kind of made the decision and it was very helpful to have Laura there encouraging me in this. But I made the decision that actually rather than just being mad at God and just just blaming him and writing it off and saying, well, it's obviously not real. I'm just going to go and do my own thing. I, I made the decision to actually not uh, let my personal hurt get in the way of understanding that God is sovereign and he does heal. And maybe though I, because I'm, I'm hurting right now, I I might not be seeing clearly of how, you know, he, he's seeing from a a very different perspective than I am. Um, And I heard someone say once that really helped me in this situation, which was like, it's like a tapestry um, God seeing from one side of the tapestry and it's this beautiful work of art but from from the other side it just looks like a, a mangled mess <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, like, yeah no rhyme no reason no order for anything but you know from from the other side of heaven maybe we'll see that everything worked together for quite a specific purpose and reason and mm. um, everything was orchestrated beautifully yeah that's a really helpful picture for for sure so uh, what was your absolute highlight then? We've talked about that that being a challenge, but what was your highlight of being at school? With the exception of meeting each other, you're not allowed to have that one. <laughs> I was about to say, well... Ooh, um, that's a good question. Highlight. What would you say? Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one. I, I Just the friendships and stuff that, that I developed there and like the time of maturing was just the freedom because I came straight from high school. Um, <laughs> so it was really my first kind of taste of freedom and adult life and it was it was amazing but also like just seeing the the amazing way that people came together to pray through everything probably like it sounds overly like super really spiritual but genuinely just i know like when i whenever any of us because i was living in like a like a dorm like a house with a bunch of other guys and like if anyone was going through anything we just stopped right then and there like if somebody woke up in the middle of the night they were dealing with something i know i woke up with panic attacks sometimes and i was like guys i'm really struggling they just they didn't have anything negative to say they just huddled around me and and just started praying Mm -hmm. for me and like 
they really fought through it with me and we've kind of fought through things together. The community was amazing. I think that that would have been the highlight for me as well of mm. my time is just um, the genuine, the, the beautiful display of community. And I feel really privileged that I was able yeah. to be part of a community like that because it is really special and, uh, and yeah, mm. it's an amazing thing to, to have been a part of for, for a few years. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of gap years. I know not everyone can do them. Sometimes they're financially out of people's reach and things like that. And they're, gap for, they're probably cheaper ones you could do than going from Yorkshire to America. I can imagine that's quite expensive. Yeah. But, but if you're in America, that might be quite cheap. And there's also lots of stuff in the UK that people can do. Um, but uh, if, you're, if you're thinking of going to university, so my son right now is thinking, so I'm talking, about, talking to the listeners here, but my son's thinking about going to university. But we're also going, oh, I wonder if there's something he could do that would be a gap year first that might just help him uh, grow in his faith and also grow as a person before uh, hitting university. So, yeah. but it sounds like you guys would definitely recommend it. Did, did you actually go to university at all or, or did, did that not? No, no, neither of us went to university in the end. Um, so we finished, Mac did the one gap year and I was there for five. And then we, we got married and we both went straight into work basically Mac uh, became the youth leader at the church that I grew up in um, and he did that for four years and I worked for the Church of England um, for their evangelism and outreach ministry which is called Church Army um, and I uh, I worked there in their head office in Sheffield for four years before moving to Cornwall. Can I ask about your accent Laura because obviously you've got a little bit of a Yorkshire twang in there when you went to America could anyone understand anything you were saying? Um, they they could but I was stopped all the time and they were like oh my gosh that is so cute say that again and after after a while because I'm not gonna lie um, I've always I've never been shy of the limelight and I was like uh, they would treat me like not a celebrity because I was from England so I was like this is great but then when it came to everyday life and I was like can you please put this in the bin and they'd be like oh say it again um, and I, I just <laughs> changed my I, I became uh, my um yeah I became like Americanized and started saying things like put that in the trash um because it just made things easier and you do pick up you just learn the easiest way to communicate mm. um and now with the two of us I'll sometimes say things uh, say the American word for something and just it's second nature and I've almost forgotten what is American and British like I'll say to Mac um, we need some more dish soap and of course he will be like great we need more, more dish soap he won't it won't clock to him that's the american word for uh washing up liquid <laughs> you, you had to think about it for a second so yeah oh what's it called in england yeah 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 okay so there's, there's those little changes but hopefully you managed to communicate most of the time did, did they make you say yogurt a lot they actually didn't i'm, I'm trying to think of yogurt they didn't they made mm. me say peanut butter uh. they liked the way <laughs> butter and they were like oh my so cute butter yeah, yeah. Butter. And, and, and grass <laughs> and things like that okay cool well uh, and when you came back then to to yorkshire was it sheffield yorkshire to come and be in laura's church that she grew up in and become the youth pastor there did they understand what you were saying i reckon it sounded probably quite cool your accent i don't think it's too difficult to get but yorkshire one's probably a bit harder yeah, yeah I, actually yeah most people did to some degree but actually i was working um part-time in preschool i was uh, a preschool teacher yeah. and that one was interesting because <laughs> a lot of times the, the the kids that were you know just learning english would look at me <laughs> and like be really confused by what i was saying so like i got told off a few times like you have to speak the english way <laughs> not the american way and so, so the little like yeah. three-year-olds who are trying to learn the, the <laughs> right way to say something, Matt's just going in and ruining all of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I ended up adapting quite a lot in that uh, in those few years that I was working there, and um, my my family said I have a, a British accent now. They they are wrong, uh, but I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think everyone in England would yeah. disagree. I think but. they're imagining it. But I had to lose the country twang for sure. People struggled with that one a bit. Now talking about country twang, uh, what would you describe your music genre as being? Um, we tend to go with, uh, well, we start with indie because we're, in, <laughs> we we're independent, um, and which is obviously that that's what that means. Indian is independent, um, but also it's became a, it's become a bit of a word to describe something that doesn't quite fit into 
the ne- the words that you're about to say next, the genre <laughs> that you're going to say next. So we say indie folk. Um, our music is definitely not traditional folk, but there are quite a lot of underlying folk, folky kind of um, tones to our music and inspiration. Um, but then also some songs are definitely a lot more influenced by country music and Mac brings that mm. a lot in his songwriting. Uh, my family heritage is Ireland, Irish, and I've always loved folky music um but then we we actually grew up um as teenagers listening to like punk rock um like 2000s punk rock and we've always loved that so favorite punk rock band um growing up it was well for me it was paramore i loved paramore saw them like yeah i saw a lot of bands live that was like the thing that i did as a teenager um i don't know who you'd say uh yeah i don't really know i i kind of went through phases listening to different uh bands but I listen to stuff like, yeah, Paramore, Fall Out Boy. Um, and then it kind of went down more of the screamo route, believe it or not. <laughs> it's quite okay. funny. Yeah, uh, we've, we just have a really eclectic, um, we love just music in general. And we'll go from listening to a film score, um, like we love the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack, to um, listening to something that's heavier and then listening to worship music. And um, yeah, so our music, we, we go with indie folk, um, but it definitely... Uh, crosses the line to alt country or even indie pop um, mm. and quite I guess experimental really it's hard to put it into a box yeah you tend to write more of the like indie folk kind of atmospheric contemplative stuff yeah. uh, I tend to write more of the country straight, straight talking, talking. Um, radio friendly stuff exactly <laughs> well talking of radio friendly stuff we're going to play another track from you right now this, this track's called Carry On can you tell us the story behind Carry On why was that written oh, perfect segue so <laughs> during a really tough time so as I mentioned earlier uh, I, I've had a battle with anxiety um, quite a difficult anxiety disorder and, and really severe panic attacks and um, the kind of peak of it actually was uh, a few years ago, back in 2018. Uh, it started quite bad, um, and I was waking up just every night for months having panic attacks. Um, and I was just finding it really difficult to just do life in general. And uh, my faith was really tested in that time, actually. And I was there thinking, like, God, you know, I'm... I'm a Christian now. I, I thought this stuff was supposed to have gone away. I thought that I'm not supposed to be dealing with this anymore because I'm I belong to you. So I'm not supposed to have any fear like this within me, and I'm not supposed to be dealing with anxiety. Uh, and so I went on this kind of crazy journey with that. But uh, Carry On kind of came from the start of that, of this moment where I felt really hopeless, and I was actually it. I wrote it in, in in the midst of a panic attack. So I felt it coming on. I felt my heart rate shooting up and I started to go a bit crazy. And then in an attempt to just try and bring myself down a bit, I ran over and grabbed my guitar and I started just trying to keep myself breathing in a regular rhythm. So I started singing, stay true, stay strong and carry on. And just like strumming this chord kind of frantically. And, uh, and out of that, it, it was really just kind of a, an anthem of hope for me to say, like, just put one foot in front of the other. Just take the next breath. Like, I, I don't I don't see the end of this moment, but I know that there's hope at the end of this. And I know I'm going to make it through this because the Bible tells me that there's hope in any situation, no matter how dark it gets. And so really, Carry On was written about this, yeah, light at the end of the tunnel that really I couldn't even see in that moment, but I was just going on faith. Um, and I know you've mentioned um, before about that verse that says, where Jesus says, um, in this world you will have trouble, but mm. take heart, for I have overcome the world. And you had that realization, didn't you, of actually, um, and we know this, but in the moment we need to often be reminded when we're going through difficult times yeah. that actually being a Christian isn't about all the difficulties going away, yeah. but it's about knowing that he's with us through it and he will see us through it and to hold on to him as our anchor in those times. Yeah, I kind of described it to some people. Um, it's amazing because being able to sing in the song like, and kind of, I guess, touring it in some ways, like... Um, people always connect with it and I always get somebody coming up to me after we've uh, after we've sang it saying you know I've I've dealt with anxiety or I've, I've had my own struggles with mental health and um with mental health issues and, and I just really need 
I'm grateful that you've shared that because sometimes it feels quite isolating. And it's such a privilege, but I, I often tell people like, yeah, and, and especially those that have faith and, and if we're like in a church or we, we sung it in a church or something like that, then I will often let people know like, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to go through these troubles. And, it you know, there's going to be mountains on every journey. But with God, I really feel like I have the equipment to get over that mountain now. Um, whereas before, it was just too daunting to even consider facing in some ways. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. And we really, I've actually literally sung that song, uh, sat on the edge of my bed in the middle of the night, it's authentic, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Stay true, stay strong, and when it's tough, carry on. Don't let the weight of life bury you. Though you have your doubts, it'll all pan out. So stay true, stay strong. down and you feel six foot underground remember this ain't where the story ends cause there's so much left to say from our first immortal day so stay true stay strong and carry on and that was Carry On. What a beautiful track by Our Atlantic Roots. And thank you so much to Mac and Laura for joining us today for the artist interview. Uh, it would be really appreciated, Mac, if you'll be happy uh, to pray now for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much that you're, you're near. You're always with us, Lord. No matter where we go, no matter what we go through, you're here with us, Lord. You're here with us in the good times. You're here with us in the bad times. And I just pray, Lord, that you would make yourself known more to us, Lord. And Lord, as we go through life and we do face those troubles, I pray that you're even more near in those moments, Lord, and that through difficult times, Lord, whenever we do face them, because your word says we will face troubles, Lord, but we will take heart because we know that you've overcome the world. Mm. We thank you, Jesus. And we just pray for everyone under the sound of my voice now I just pray in Jesus name for safety for peace and for hope in Jesus name Amen 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 thank you so much Mac uh, now if you're a regular listener to uh, the Arts interview you might already have listened to the episode with Leslie Jordan um, uh, Leslie Jordan actually shared that exact same Bible verse and talked about panic attacks now our Atlantic Roots are here with me Laura Mac recording this um not in our normal schedule because they had covid and weren't able to record it when they should have been recording these with me um, a week ago or so so we're doing a little bit of behind the scenes information for, for the listeners we're, i actually recorded leslie's interview yesterday and today i'm recording these guys and you know it's not very often that someone talks about panic attacks in the way that, that both leslie and mac have done so i just want to say if you are a person who's struggling and there are many people who are struggling with mental health issues and panic attacks and anxiety, just want to encourage you to get some help. Uh, be honest and authentic, just as, as Mac and Leslie were talking about the issues. Find someone you can trust, get people around you or pray for you. Uh, and I just want to encourage you and say, just as Mac said, there is there is hope. Even when you can see no hope, there is still hope to come. So I just felt it worth highlighting that because clearly uh, this is something that lots of people don't like to talk about. Often it's a bit embarrassing. So I just want to say, Mac, I'm very grateful uh, that you've come out. Uh, it's nice that we've had a lady share about it and a guy share about it from their hearts as well and talk about God being there in the middle of it. So, um, so yeah, if you're at home struggling, maybe maybe reach out to, to a church pastor or someone who's a friend and just say, I just need a little bit of help. I don't want to keep going on, on this alone by myself. So thanks very much, Mac and Laura. Um, okay, uh, I'd love to know about the career then. So you're, you're doing various different things. But also you're doing music. So so First Light came out in 2017? Yes, that's yep. right. And uh, how how well was that received? Yeah, so that was kind of like the the door really to 
to what came next. So we didn't have a that didn't have a massive reach at all. Um, still, if you were to go into Spotify and look at our streams, you'd notice a huge difference in streams with uh, with from our last EP, Little Bird and First Light. Um, but that was the the kind of entry point for is we to be honest didn't know what we were doing we were we'd written some songs and we we thought okay well i guess the next step is to record these and figure out uh, what to do from there and i mean with every release we've just learned so much over the years uh, we're fully independent so we don't have any kind of um financial support or business support from a label or um or anywhere else and um, but we've sought out support um along the way to kind of help prop us up with our independent journey but because we're independent we've had to learn um how to be our you know marketing team and our booking agent and uh, we've had to learn about all the legalities of um, releasing music and how do you get it to radio stations and how do you get paid and all of that um so yeah first light was an entry point for us but it was a very small reach, really. Okay, so so carrying on that story then, small reach, but a big heart, and you've got a big vision to be able to, to share your music widely. Uh, so how did things come about? Like, am, am I right, You festival-wise, what festivals maybe here in the UK have you guys been to? Yeah, so we've played at Big Church Day Out. Um... Now rebranded Big Church Festival. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Now rebranded Big Church Festival, um, and we've uh, so we've played there a few times. We got to play on the garden stage this year, which was a pretty big stage for us. Yeah, that um, was pretty daunting. And we've played at Creation Fest and a lot of kind of uh, folky folk festivals, things like Cornwall Folk Festival. And um, we're playing at Rock Oyster Festival, which is another one in Cornwall soon. And um, the British Country Music Festival we're playing at this year in Blackpool, which is a pretty big deal um, as far as country music goes. Yeah, between the trees in Wales. Uh, so we, we've, we, I won't, funnily, we were going to have 2020 as our festival year. <laughs> I like, we're going to get in front of more people around the country at festivals this year. And obviously that didn't go quite according to plan. <laughs> um, and this year we've kind of been building back some of those local connections and some of the festivals that we were going to be playing at, that we were planning on playing at then. Um, but next year we're really planning on focusing on getting out to more festivals um, around the country. Now you mentioned Creation Fest. Um, you're there this coming August, is that right? Yeah, we're actually there um, in a week. So it's it's a week from from today's. What day is it today? Yeah, yeah a week today. <laughs> yeah, a week today. So I've got I've got I'm not sure when this is going to play out. So because uh, uh, it may have already happened, but if it hasn't happened and you're in the UK, look up Creation Fest. How much do tickets cost for Creation Fest? Do you guys know? Yeah, they're free, actually. It's an amazing, amazing festival. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it is definitely one of our favourites. We shouldn't technically say we have a favourite, but <laughs> it actually is probably our favourite. Um, it's, yeah, it's free. So if you want to camp, you have to pay for camping. But it's such an amazing festival with lots of great music, lots of really great talks. So the day that we're playing, um, Pete Gregg is going to be the kind of headline speaker that day. Um, and so Pete Greg from Twenty Four Seven Prayer. Yeah, from Twenty Four Seven Prayer. Yeah, and um, yeah, there's just lots of amazing people that are going to be sharing there. So I do encourage you to check it out. If not for this year, then next year, and you get to be in Cornwall, which is a real treat as well. <laughs> so the the website address. It doesn't matter where you're in the world. You could you could still come because it's well worth it. The website address is creationfest.org.uk. That's creationfest.org.uk. Love giving them a plug. It's a fantastic festival well worth i would say a ticket from the states to come across i know some of the listeners in australia might think it's a little bit far that's uh, arguable i don't really know it is a good festival isn't it it really is great. i would come from australia there you go so you've heard you've heard it from laura it's worth coming from australia so um <laughs> if someone from australia comes uh, let me know i'll make sure you get a shout out from the stage so okay um so so you got you've got some gigs lined up music wise you've got an ep coming out is it this coming october october 2022 yes yeah and um, so this is our third ep so between so after first light 2019 we released little bird that had a much wider reach that had over a million streams on spotify and um really uh, and carry on was the song that particularly connected with people from mm. that ep um and yeah so this is the third ep we're hoping to have an even wider reach this time um it's called hold every moment 
It's the first time we've actually said that. <laughs> wow, there you go. You heard it here. <laughs> it's a world exclusive first naming moment yeah. from uh, from the Arsene Institute. Thank you for that little name drop. I'm always excited to hear information that nobody else has. So, so, okay. And how many tracks is it? So it's four tracks. Um, so not, not a huge not a hugely long EP um, although the tracks are I think about all of them are about four minutes long and um, they're actually really huge tracks from a sound perspective um, there are lots and lots of layers um, uh, I think the 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 biggest one we did was 80 tracks so when you're recording every for people that that don't know every time you record an instrument a, a vocal um it's it's one track and then that's kind of layered up um so yeah we've got that's like lots of like layered up vocals and layered up like drums and percussions yeah. and bass and loads of guitars we worked with um a really great producer from a band called firewood island um stian verdoy from norway uh those guys are based in bristol and christians also and create beautiful music so we worked with stian uh, and he he writes he kind of specializes in that cinematic sound mm. so they're all quite yeah quite big sounding songs and uh, lyrically i guess they're um in some ways the songs are quite challenging and quite poetic i'm looking forward to unpacking those uh, more with people as we release them wow it sounds really quite exciting so that's um that's a cool thing so golden hour is the first single so the track we heard right at the start of the interview is, was the is the first single that's going to be on that ep okay uh so touring new ep coming out very exciting um, and a million listens uh, streams is actually a quite a significant number yeah. does, does does it feel that things are getting a bit of traction is this is this actually earning you money yeah so it is but at the moment the thing that we when it comes to music, uh, we get paid most for gigging, so going out and playing live. Streaming, uh, we, we get paid, I think it's around 0.003 pence per stream, so it's very low pay, but um, it is streaming actually is a really valuable thing because we're able to to reach out to an audience that we would have not uh, been able to reach out to uh, mm. in, for a, in any other way, really. Um, it has provided streaming's provided a lot of really valuable um, opportunities for artists, independent artists without a label, particularly. Um, but it, it definitely feels like, you know, you, you do really have to, if you're doing this, you have to really love it and, um, and be <laughs> ready to pursue, um, to keep just pursuing it. And it's been, I mean, five, five years so far that we've been on this journey. And we do feel like now we're definitely picking up more traction we were slowed down obviously by the pandemic quite a lot because that was in mm. right in the middle of that five years um, and obviously yeah. it lasted a, a little while um but it is exciting we do feel like this thing's stirring and um and opportunities and and at the minute we're, we're almost struggling to keep up with it but that's a really yeah. good thing um because it's kind of showing that you know the music is getting out there but it is it's difficult as well that um as independent artists getting out and it's a bit there. funny as well because like over covid is really when things started like streams started going a bit crazy and um it's just really funny because we're sat there watching these numbers go up uh on spotify and stuff and and it's it's really cool to watch you're like wow that's that's pretty interesting but it doesn't actually click until you're standing on a big stage like when we were at Big Church Festival and there's like 4,000 people or whatever it was that were there like singing our songs and <laughs> it was a bit daunting. It was kind of like the first time that we'd been in front of a, a crowd like that since since COVID and since and those since streams released, started going crazy. Yeah, since we released Little Bird. Um, yeah, so it was quite like, it's quite surreal actually to be, to be in that position. And then when we came back and we were reflecting on the festival, we were thinking yeah things are really actually starting to to look a little bit different for us now in a good wow in a good way yeah yeah it, it sounds really exciting um I, I, can i just rewind just a moment though to find out about the 80 layers uh tracks of music that you put together I, and that's a phenomenal number of tracks I, so I, I did understand the concept we were talking about but i also went wow what would you do with 80 layers what's what's going to be in those layers and then i thought hold on a moment Who's playing all the instruments on this stuff? What, what, what musically? What are you guys? What do you? What's your, what's your sort of thing that you play? Uh, 
that's quite funny actually yeah, because we don't play a lot of instruments between us <laughs> so we both sing um and mac plays the guitar but he could so he played acoustic guitar bass electric guitar anything that's guitar like that mac um, played but not then, on every track so not on every track. did some of the bass yeah on a, on one or two of the songs Stian well. is a multi-instrumentalist um, so he plays, yeah, he plays a lot of instruments, but also he is, he works a lot with samples and um, instruments that have already been, he might have tracked for another project and then uh, uses the keyboard to electronically add in some of those layers. But there was actually a lot of backing vocals um, mm. and we did crazy things like uh, at the end of one of the songs, we were actually, uh, we were actually praying. And singing and, in tongues. Yeah, and just, yeah, singing <laughs> out. And then we took that and and then uh, we made it uh, higher and we flipped it backwards. So it's just making this uh, like this noise almost, but one of uh, our friends described noise. it as a as a vocal soup. Oh, yeah, it's like a vocal soup oh. at the end. <laughs> and it just almost I feel like on, when I listen to that part, um, it just really it, it lifts, lifts you, you and it sounds yeah. I don't know if it would probably be really conceited to say it was a heavenly sound, but <laughs> but it's it's not us anyway. You know, it's God um, working through us. And I remember mm. in that moment as well beforehand, Stian just really praying for us because it was actually quite daunting to be putting in some ad libs. Um, and um, it was quite a vulnerable moment actually to mm. do that, you know, praying and singing um, almost like we're very used to leading worship and being spontaneous in worship but um, to bring that into the context of this song felt a little bit um, yeah vulnerable mm. um, but it actually turned out to be beautiful so there's layers like that in within those 80 layers Wow, well that's something to look forward to that sounds really interesting and really cool um, and well done for stepping out and taking a risk and doing something that maybe you wouldn't normally do in your tracks but it sounds like that worked really really well talking to some of the best names in contemporary christian music this is the hope fm artist interview so could you please tell me uh what's been the thing in your career that you feel jesus had to help you with most oh wow that's a good question i think the writing just the writing process in general mm. um that's something that i mean that's not one specific song but that's every time we sit down to write uh i feel like although although we'd say god has gifted us in that way every time we do sit down to write we always just really ask him to to help us because mm. we we could write something good in our own strength but we want to make sure that we're writing stuff that's going to make an lasting impact in eternity mm. because otherwise what's the point really you know we want if we're going to dedicate our lives to to pursuing this we want to make sure that that really he stays the center of what we're doing mm. and um and it's almost and you know we don't write uh, generally with our atlantic roots we're not focusing on writing worship music we're we're writing music that is uh, we want it to connect with people outside of the church and our heart is really we're both evangelists at heart and we're storytellers mm. and we love to connect with people who don't know jesus yet um, i feel like the heart of what we want to do with our atlantic roots and our songwriting is to make people ask questions and just think a little deeper um it's not necessarily about just presenting the gospel on a silver platter for everyone immediately sometimes you know the lord like might lead us to to write a song like that but um but generally speaking yeah we tend to just want to encourage people to think a little deeper and and to be able to you know be invited to secular events um just as much if not even more than yeah. christian events and just plant that seed you know that that seed of thought in yeah. people's hearts i think that's the point that we most uh, reach out to god and say just please help us to communicate something of value that's mm. going to connect with people. I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if it answers it or not either. Maybe, maybe the listeners can decide. Yeah. But I thought what you said was very interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe it was a politician's answer. I don't know, but I think it was a sincere answer. So um, I think for me, actually, uh, one thing that God has helped me through and really had, had to kind of coach me through, to be honest, has been like, I guess like my confidence would be the right way to say it. like especially after carry on started doing really well I kind of immediately felt like 
maybe it's it's funny because it's a bit early in my career for that to happen but maybe it's better that it started hopefully at the beginning of my career um i'm still claiming it's the beginning of the career um but yeah i i after it started doing pretty well and it was pushing a million streams on spotify i started thinking man i've got a lot to live up to I've got a lot to live up here to here and like you know i, I felt like after that it was really hard to write and that nothing I wrote was good enough um and I got very critical of myself and this thing this music that I love so much actually became quite stressful in some ways as well and burdensome and so I had to kind of fall back in love with music at some point over lockdown um and actually just accept that I can just write for the love of writing and then if something good comes, that's great. And if nothing comes that is maybe good enough, then, you know, I I found that different songs connect with different people and it's hard to say whether this song is good or that song is bad because it's so subjective anyways. So just write what I'm feeling, write what's on my heart, what's on my mind, and just trust God with it. And be and, less critical and, of yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's a really good answer, actually. And that is something that... It, it did get to kind of like almost feeling a bit like an emergency actually at times with it, it being really difficult uh, releasing, writing and releasing music um, on our own and feeling quite lonely in a way um, or just overwhelmed. And it hmm. it was in that place, I think, that we reached out to God uh, and really needed him to help. And it was particularly, Mac was particularly struggling with that um, and but of course it affects us both um, quite significantly. So yeah. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM artist interview. Being independent, is this a conscious long-term plan, or are you open to whatever other options might appear? Yeah, I think with every every option that might appear on the table, we'd always wait up and pray mm. through it for sure and seek godly counsel and, and just late before him. But it is definitely, the music industry has changed significantly over mm. over recent years. And, um, and you really don't have to have a record label to get your music in front of people. Um, anybody can sit in their room and, and upload a piece of music um, now and, uh, and learn how to produce it and learn how, the industry from home. Um, and I think there are lots of really great um, there are many great things for artists and songwriters, reasons to not sign to a major label, um, but but build a network of, it's really important to build a network of people around you who can champion your music and run with you. But for us as artists, we want to stay in full control of who, mm. we, who we work with and uh, making sure that we're being paid fairly and the people that we're working with are being paid fairly and being honored. So um, yeah, so that's, it is a conscious choice. Um, we've not, we've never been out and tried to present our music to record labels, um, but at, at some point in the future, I'm sure we'll play more showcase events where there will be industry people there. But we'd always, yeah, um, be taking that very seriously and definitely not be jumping into, into that. Um, yeah, because we've we both re- learned in our career early on that that isn't the key mm. to success. Um, and I think that's really important to say for anybody that is actually looking at pursue music as well. And if God ever calls us to something different, then you know we'll we'll go wherever He calls us. But I feel like music is definitely the thing that He's gifted us in, and it's something that's been in our lives from the very start. It's been in our relationship from the very start, and um, it's all I've ever really wanted to do, to be honest. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, keep on doing it until God says otherwise in that case, because it sounds like the the perfect thing for you guys to do. What advice would you have for people who are starting out who are indie? What, what's the, the key lessons that you've learned by being independent? Maybe some mistakes that you've gone, yep, shouldn't have done that. I think um, one thing is to just to be ready to, to learn and to go on a really big learning journey and to... Mm. Um, to to i mean i i watch loads of like youtube videos and connect with other people in the industry and try and network and um and i think something that's been really really key for us has actually been um seeking out those 
people who understand um where we're at so it's often it's other uh other independent musicians who are maybe a little mm. bit further on their journey than us um and then also we have independent musicians who are who are a little bit further i guess behind than us in a different place and we're creating a community where we're able to support each other that's really important because mm. i think one of the biggest things is feeling uh, isolated yeah. and that people don't understand and people can have the best um, intentions and the best hearts um but not really understand um fully what what you're going through as an independent artist so i think finding other musicians and uh and you know if you're a christian then trying to find those if you can find other independent musicians who are christians as well i think that's really important because then you're able to pray together and and help each other um through things as well in a spiritual way which is really key like we've worked with um producers over the last few eps who who are christians who have been able to pray with us before we go and record and you know we're able to talk about things on a deeper level and mm. i think that's been really really valuable i think i'd probably sum it up in kind of like three things uh two really uh, one network networking just like meet people and work together and like laura said build that community around you of support um and the other one is the music is actually only the tip of the iceberg that's so true like <laughs> there is so much more to being an independent musician than just writing music um and and even writing and recording music i mean yeah the 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 networking and the the business side of the stuff administration and yeah the admin is <laughs> there's insane. a lot of admin there's so much to do um and i think that is underestimated yeah people don't talk about that so much but it is actually really important part of being an independent musician is learning and we've we were not great at every area of what we do from the start and we're still not mm, yeah. we're on a journey with it but we we've been learning about things and not to get to don't don't um feel disheartened if you don't understand straight away i'm an absolute admin like list queen i i've always loved that even as a child i'd be loving lists and things like that and organizing people it's a god-given <laughs> gift let me tell you and that. organizing things but uh, i remember sitting and looking at the back end of kind of um how to get paid like for royalties and how to register with these uh, collection bodies like prs and ppl and mcps for anybody that knows anything about that um and i just felt really overwhelmed even as somebody who is fairly gifted in admin and, mm. and doesn't hate it crazily um but i felt really overwhelmed and i remember actually it bringing me to tears and i don't cry easily because uh, oh. i just thought we've we've put in all this effort to write these songs and to record them we've poured ourselves into these songs financially and with all our hearts and now what if we can't sustain it because i don't know how to get paid because actually that's the reality of it if you want a career you have to work out how to actually get paid mm. um and but again it was just being able to say you know what i this is overwhelming i'm gonna step away i'm gonna do some research and gonna try and reach out to people and it's been a learning curve but i'm getting there and also learning how to market yourself i mean it's so tempting and easy especially when you're first starting out in music to kind of not want to push yourself in some ways because you don't want to come across like arrogant or conceited or like you're the best thing since sliced bread but in some ways for marketing you have to learn how to promote yourself and you have to learn how to like I, there's so many other like independent musicians i've met when they're first starting out and they're just like oh i can't even stand the sound of my own voice and like i totally understand that but at the same time that's not a good way to <laughs> pitch your music no no i i yeah yeah <laughs> so, I, I, I was once seeing an interview someone and i, and I, I they just launched their album and I said, how does it feel having launched your album? Uh, and they said, well, I've listened to it so many times, I'm bored of it now. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but, yeah, they were very honest, but, but it, it, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't what I'd expected, um, someone to say in an interview. Like being vulnerable and being honest, but then also like, if you're struggling, then try and remember and rekindle the, the, the magic of when you first wrote that and recorded it. Try and like, yeah. I always try and just think back if I if I do start to get bored of a song which does happen then start then we start to think oh well, actually no 
I remember sitting down. I remember writing this and then telling the story. I fall in love with the song again. Anyone that I'm talking to tends to fall in love with the song again. And then it's just like... It, I feel like yeah. we could honestly... We won't keep going on, but no, I feel like right. <laughs> we could definitely write a book. And anyone that's yeah. listening should... If you're an independent artist and you want someone to talk to, feel free to yeah, drop out. us a message on social media. Uh, see, I was about to ask about... You mentioned about connecting. So people who want to, to follow you guys, find out about where you're going to be playing and also your new music coming out. How do they follow you? How do they connect? Yeah, so um, we're on various, probably like the main social platforms um, and you can just search for our Atlantic Roots and you'll find us. And it's Roots as in Tree Roots. If anybody is like wondering about the spelling, it's our Atlantic Roots and you will be able to find us there and connect with us, send us a message. And we've got a website, ouratlanticroots.com mm. and we have a, an, a contact form on there as well. And obviously Spotify and wherever you listen to music, you can find us on there. And um, and I always encourage people as well to, if you found us on Spotify, to click the follow button or on YouTube yes. to um, click the- um, then Subscribe. Make- Yes, subscribe with the notification bell so that you can um, hear about us again in the future every it's very- like follow subscribe it helps tremendously with and this is the other thing social media algorithms you have to become uh, an yes. expert on them <laughs> as an independent musician so yes that all helps significantly especially since we're independent and we don't have a massive marketing budget and millions to throw into it like a label advertisements would. and things uh, yeah so every like and subscribe if you want to hear helps. from us follow us and can keep in touch thank you sweet that is a great invitation to people so if you're sitting at home wondering shall i shan't i i'm just gonna say yeah go and do it follow these guys uh it'd be great to hear more of their music i'm sure talking of hearing more of their music we have got one more track to play from you this track it's called wildflowers tell us about wildflowers yeah so um I was set at my desk one day of uh, of the job, of my day job. We actually, Mac and I have currently three jobs each. Um, so I was sat at my desk and I was just feeling inspired. I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt. I'm very sorry. We've got to find out what three jobs do you both have? Okay. So I work for the Wave Project, which is a surf therapy charity. So we take young people who are struggling with their mental health um, we take them surfing as an alternative form of therapy and um, it's been supported by like the NHS and children in need and the lottery um, over the years and, and other people as well and um, yeah it's a really amazing project a, a way that young people can can get out and make make friends in a new environment learn a new skill and learn resilience as they fall off the board and, and get back on um, and then I also run a uh, I, I make botanical greetings cards and prints. I started that during the lockdown, actually, and I sell those on Etsy. So I have a little business, and that's called Treasure the Wild. Um, all about sustainability as well in in that business, and then obviously our Atlantic Roots. And what do you do? Uh, so I'm a youth. I'm the youth worker at our local church, um, and that is like almost thirty hours a week, um, and then yeah doing music on top of that and also i work with a friend of mine who's building a recording studio um and so i'm helping him do some some of the like construction work and like running cables and learn learning how to solder cables and all that kind of fun stuff um as well as learning out how the gear and stuff works and actually learning how to run a studio Wow, so you're multifaceted, you guys. Sorry, I, you, you you were just saying the important thing. You were sitting at your desk, uh, Laura, and then I interrupted. Yeah. No, it's totally fine. Um, with songwriting, I always find that songs and inspiration just come at the most random times, and I should have been doing <laughs> some other work. So um, if my boss is listening to this, hopefully he'll forgive me. Um, but I, I just wrote down these words, um, wildflowers. We're like wildflowers. There's beauty, but it's fleeting momentary breathing will we find a home and it was just this idea of how life is it's beautiful but it's fragile and um and this will we find a home so i, I feel like so many people are seeking well we're all seeking people might not realize exactly for what but we're seeking for that place that we call home and um, for our for our hearts and um, and obviously i i found my home in jesus and um yeah and and so it was a kind of i, I was starting to explore the this lyric and i wasn't really sure where to go from there and i i was starting to get excited about it and i felt like 
I should open up my phone and go on my Bible app and look at the verse of the day for inspiration. Now, this sounds like a total cheat thing, just like go and look at the verse of the day. Um, and I do, you know, we, we do find inspiration a lot from scripture. And I think it's a really powerful thing to to share scripture in, in song and just share scripture in general. Um, and but but I particularly felt this day to go and look at the verse of the day and I had not looked at the verse of the day at all that day no, like at all and when I opened up my phone it was the message translation and it was Isaiah 40 um, verse 8 and it says the the grass withers and the wildflowers fall but the word of the God endures forever and I was honestly floored in that moment. That's never happened since and it never happened before, but it was a real, uh, as my friend in uh, Bible college would say, it was a God wink. It was just a, a real like, wow, this is God's in this. And I was so excited. And I started to look more into more scriptures um, and that kind of helped build up the song. There's a lot of scripture in that song and um, referencing how we're treasure in jars of clay, how, um, as Paul said in his writing, that uh, though uh, outwardly we're fading away, inwardly we've been renewed daily. So the song is really singing out scripture and uh but it's a song that we can we connect people can connect with as as we describe it stood on a stage in front of people who don't go to church uh, we often say that it's about the beauty and the but the fragility of life and the hope and the wonder of what is to come um so yeah that's that's wildflower we are treasure That was Wildflowers by Our Atlantic Roots. Laura Max, thanks so much for spending time with us today on The Artist Interview. Really nice people, I <laughs> really enjoyed that. So anyway, uh, I just say there are loads of other interviews uh, that you can enjoy uh, just by searching on your favorite podcast platform for The Artist Interview. I look forward to joining you for the next episode. God bless you, bye-bye. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview.